What's going on, y'all? This is Alexander, and you are plugged in to the Nerd Companion. And you see people who are like crazy about magic cards. And I was like, man, I used to have them. This little like he was not he's not like a cousin, but he's like a family friend. I remember years and years ago, I think I was like fresh out of high school. And he was like, hey, can I play with these? And I was like, sure, I don't care. And these I are magic cards? Yeah, magic cards. I had a freaking bag and like booklets full, right? I remember leaving and coming home and I was just randomly I was like, hey, whatever happened to those? Mom was like, hey, ask him. And I asked him and he was like, oh, I lost those. And I was just like... <laughs> Only because I was curious about what I had. I didn't even really care, but I was like, I wonder what I had. I might have some badass cards. And I didn't you even did. Like, you know, I remember you built uh, like protection from certain color uh, decks where you make yourself uh, invincible. When and you used to make me mad because your parents, I think some you your parents or somebody you knew would actually take you to the store mm-hmm. where it might have been Ricky. To and he would cards. take to get specific cards. And my parents were like, yeah, no. Freaking sick deck. I got into it. They have, there was a card game app for a little bit I got into for a second. Magic the Gathering app? Yeah, an app. It's all, yeah, it's on there. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like about it is that they make you purchase cards. And that's and that's the thing with any of these digital games that mm-hmm. offer like a digital asset that, that you used to have a physical asset for mm-hmm. is that you don't get your physical asset. Mm-hmm. So there's no incentive for me. Like I want to do it because I want to play and sometimes impulsively I'll buy it mm-hmm. and I'll go, oh yeah. But then mm-hmm. I regret it because yeah. I'm like, what am I buying? I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And so... If they offered like a physical asset with, even if it was marked up like 20%, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I would be more incentivized to buy it. Mm-hmm. Listen, Wizards of the Coast. How much do they charge for the app, for the cards? Are they, are they cheaper on the digital? No, it's the same. Like you so see, you're paying the same price for like a booster or something like that. It's crazy. See, that's stupid. Yeah. Go ahead and crack this open and toast the Stone Cold Steve Austin with a little caffeine wiser. That's a sick belt. I didn't realize that was his, yeah. So Real, cool. Real deal. All right, dude. Tell me who you are. Introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Guy on Branch. Uh, go by Guy. For those of y'all who don't know me, yeah, what else do you want to know about me? Okay. Um, who are you to me? <laughs> I'm uh, Alex's best bud from, gosh, sixth grade? Ish, yeah. Sixth grade-ish? Yeah. I feel like sixth grade's when we met. That's accurate. Used to live together in Cypress, Texas, which is a... Outskirt of Houston, for those who don't know, Cypress Katy area. This is the perfect podcast because we definitely grew up being nerds of different things. So this is like the perfect, uh, you know, podcast for someone from our ilk. So what do you do right now? Um, right now, I own an entertainment company here in Houston. Um, we do weddings, corporate events, um, DJs, photo booth staging, lighting, all of that jazz. Um, the company has been together for years on years. We actually were. Lucky enough to purchase it, uh, God, 2018. Um, so we took that over and been doing that, which has been great. And of course, I do songwriting. Um, that's kind of my my passion. And uh, yeah, in between here in Nashville, doing that, and it's been pretty good. I feel like uh, when we were kids, when we played music together, like I remember thinking to myself, and I'm not sure if I said it, but I remember thinking to myself, like, dude, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, yeah. and I don't care yeah. what happens. Yeah, yeah. And how quickly that goes out the window. Yeah. No. <laughs> I feel like a, a lot of people do that, and I feel like you really stuck true to that. Man. Like, really stuck true to that. Man. And I'm not sure if you ever said that, but surely that was something 
You think it, yeah, right? Yeah, you like, think it. You it kept while, it going, dude. I appreciate that. But funny enough, I mean, I took a long break. Like, I took that, like, same break of, like, okay, now I got to focus on school. And I was not, like, after a year out of high school, I was in a band and we went and did, like, a little tour. And we played Warp Tour. And then right after that, we broke up. That was it. I stopped. What doing happened music. with that? It was just if you're, what you would imagine any band in high schoolish times would do is you break up because it's too hard to keep all those different minds focused. Like, you know, when you're an adult, you understand that a business is a business and you're much more mature when it comes to that kind of stuff. And we were just all immature. So we all I don't even remember what it was now, but it was all, oh, I have this going on and that going on. And it's new songs and changing the sound of the band and just all these disagreements and things that just were not uh, staying together. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was just whatever. But so I took crazy. the longest break of, of even doing stuff. So it's funny because like, I don't know, five, six years, a chunk of time where I wasn't doing music. And then uh, during college, I went to go get a sound engineer degree, um, audio engineer degree here in Houston and focus on that a little bit. And that kind of brought me back into the the, the world. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember. um I remember when y'all said you were going to play at Warped, I was like, oh, my God, like they made it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like the, that's like the dream, yeah, you know what I mean? Totally <laughs> sure. It yeah. was like the equivalent of Warped Tour is the equivalent of like a teenager Woodstock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, it's a huge it was, deal. It huge was deal. Like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. So yeah, whenever, whenever y'all perform, it's like, dude, they made it, dude. That's it. <laughs> they did that's it. it. He's gone. Don't forget your boys. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah sure enough. One year later, here we are. That's so yeah. crazy. No, but I, I really uh, admire that you followed through with all that and you're still doing that. I and I don't think that. a lot of people keep with those goals that they set out mm. that kind of make adjustments. You didn't. You're just like full steam ahead. Dude, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I would just say to anybody who's listening in terms of life goals, like my road has been one that's winded. It hasn't been a straight path, right? It's like. I think that's the case for anyone who has dreams. It's like if you get deterred, which I for sure did. I was years of a time. And still, even now, I'm not doing what I would have thought I'd be doing then. Then was like, oh, I want to be on stage and play. And now I'm like, I live songwriting. I love songwriting. I love the idea of like writing songs for others and producing and all that. And that's been since COVID, really, that my mindset changed to that direction of like, oh, this is a whole thing. And then falling in love with country music. I've always kind of liked country, but not really like focused on it. But then I started actually like listening to the songs and I was like, and like as a musician, I'm sure you would get the same way. If you haven't gone deep in the country, give it a little try. You'll be like, holy crap. Like a, you're going to cry a lot because of how good these freaking songs are. <laughs> but it's just like, it opens up a world of understanding. It's like poetry and it's, you know, these amazing ways of turning a song. And I don't know. So yeah. I like, I can't say I fully am into country. I think I like like the late nineties kind of country. Mm-hmm. But I, there's something about like this new country that I just, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just the age of music that we're in where everything is so digitalized. Yes. Like I can tell that I can tell a difference between a raw drum kit, like an actual uh-huh. drum kit and then something that's like on a pad Yeah, 100%. and I can hear it and it irks me Yeah, because yeah. it, one example is Jason Aldean. Every single song that he plays, yeah. it everything just sounds digitally composed, yeah. and it just irks me. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's just your own I'm taste, not. and that's okay. Like to each their own. And there's yeah. what's cool is like in the in that, excuse me. In Nashville, Nothing against Jason Aldean. No, he's, not at he's all. killing it. I'm just 
Yeah, yeah he's he's doing his thing. Um, and now there's like a cyclical thing though, where people are loving classic country music again. So like more artists are starting to have an older sound and go back. So maybe you'd find your you know your tastes there if you check out like there's guys like Ernest, um, even Morgan Wallen, who's got half of his stuff is like trap and like kind of more digital if you want to call it that. But now he's got stuff that's very classic. Like oh, this is all right. I mean, he's always had classic touch, but like if you listen to some of the newer guys, they're saying it's going back in time to those older sounds. So really, yeah, you might I'm find some, you might find something you like there. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. But yeah, it's funny you say that because like for me, I've always thought of you as like God. I still want to do music with you because we've grown up like for those listening on the pod. Me and Alex had a band called A Second Too Soon. <laughs> I have no idea. I actually looked this up the other day and I couldn't find us, but. I think it's on like maybe if Reverb Nation still a thing that might have us on there because we had stuff up if you remember on one of those like websites. Pure volume. Pure volume. I have to Google that on the break. Yeah, but there's, yeah, there's no way. There's, <laughs> I remember DJ Lindley. Yeah. He he had posted this was years ago, but he had posted it as like a, a like a memory. Yeah, and yeah. I laughed. I was like, man, that's so funny. No, but like <laughs> for those who don't know, if you can find it a second too soon, you'll see Alex's face on there. But dude, everybody's I'm, face is on there. Yeah. <laughs> but your podcast host, you'll see him on there. But no, dude, like I don't know. I've always wanted like I I've always loved when we were able to do stuff back then. I'm like that would always be so cool if we could get back in. I have to find Chris one day and be like, hey man, get down on some music, bro. But no, man, and I know you've been like, do you still play guitar? As in this room, there's guitars, but you still <laughs> uh, you not still as much play? as I'd like. I've kind of made it a, a goal this year to um, embrace more my creative side. Yeah, uh, I've always found a lot of stress relief while being creative, mm. and I think I was doing a lot of creating, whether that be like stories in my head or you know imagining you know what I would do in a video game when I was at school because I just wasn't interested at school and I'm, my imagination was always running wild at all times right mm-hmm. and I feel like that has become or was a big part of my identity and I feel like I kind of lost track of that mm. um in my adult life just with things that you know as any adult goes through life and picks up responsibility you kind of like put other things in front of that mm-hmm. and I feel like I kind of let that side of me die mm. uh being dramatic of course but I definitely those creative thoughts and the ideas don't really occupy my head like they used to. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah, so. man. But at least it seems like you're getting into this thing, and then of course your guitar is in this room, man. Never sleep on just picking it up. They're good at collecting dust. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. I think it's it's kind of the beautiful thing about that I'm seeing about life is like, there's always the whole, this cliche as it is, it's like, there's it's never too late to find yourself again or find those new things or that inspire you or whatever it might be. So it's like, it's all out there, man. Like, and I, I listened to your podcast on failure, which I loved. I was like, you got to make sure to continually do that. <laughs> Even though I think it was like a filler kind of thing you were doing, yeah. but don't it sleep was- on doing that. Like I, I'm sure the listeners right now, like if you haven't go check that out, but it's a great um, kind of side piece of like a, a note and um, kind of the things that you go through in life. And it's a good thing. Like pick those topics. And I don't know, I think just on what you're talking about with failure, it's like that same concept and thought. It's like, there isn't, you don't fail unless you let it become a true failure. It's like, yeah, you're going to go through a tough thing and you'll fail and you'll grow from it or you'll go through something and think you lost yourself or whatever, but you just find your way back and you know, look at it as a, a learning experience, man. It's time to, pick up that damn guitar is what i'm saying <laughs> drop everything and pick up that <laughs> pick guitar up the damn guitar what is that quote that uh gandalf says about strider before he 
picks up his name. He's like, all, uh, what is it? Not all, not all those who wonder are lost or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's become like the uh, coffee mug. Is that the coffee? It, it was, <laughs> at this point, it's become like a coffee mug thing. I don't know if it's, if that's the exact quote, but yeah, I've, I remember seeing that on like, you know, a wall somewhere and like, I feel like that's become one of those like live, love, laugh kind of things. <laughs> like not all who wander are lost. It's just, it's a hundred percent true though. I can't but, say anymore. If it's on coffee mugs <laughs> written in some sort of cute cursive, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's, it anymore. It's one of those things. Though. Oh no. Okay. All right. Lord of the Rings is dead. Thank oh, you. Oh man. God. That's the, that's the companion we need is Lord of the Rings, man. It's like, geez. I, I oh, we to, can do a whole episode on Lord of the yeah, Rings if you want we'll, to. We'll have to, but we'll have to, we'll we'll have to, to reconvene. We'll yeah. have to reconvene on that one. So what is it that you're doing in Nashville? Yeah, so uh, in Nashville, I mainly uh, do songwriting with other songwriters. That's the main thing. So, like, um, it's it's such a crazy thing. It's like <laughs> I liken it honestly to like, and this sounds totally like douchebaggy, but I, I mean it in the most like literal way. Is like I liken it to like a Hollywood kind of thing where you go into Hollywood and they say like, if you go get lunch, your waiter's trying to be an actor and the coffee person's trying to be an actor. Yeah. It's the same thing in Nashville. It's like everyone is there to try to write music. Right. So, and they say like, there's some crazy amount of songs every day being written when you're in town. So it's a matter of going there, meeting people and trying to uh, just work that way up and write with better writers and uh, create, they always say, make your tribe, have your group of writers who you write with. And like, every time we go, it's just a matter of more of those things, trying to find new writers and get in better writing rooms is what you would call it. And just uh, improve on that and, and just become a better writer altogether. So when you're talking about writing rooms, these are like little groups, like that you basically are making projects for. Yeah. Well, it's really just like a, a, a room is like, it doesn't have not to be necessarily a, a physical room, right, but like it, a, exactly. And it's literally just you and whomever. Um, and you know what, what they have in Nashville are your standard everyday writers who are the people trying to write and then people who are what they would say signed or published writers, meaning you write for a publishing company. And those companies generally are your connection to the artists generally. So it's like Sony Music, for instance, they have a recording uh, contract for artists that side of their company. They also have a publishing side, and that means they've signed writers. And those writers are writing songs for Sony. They turn in their songs to Sony. And Sony has a connection, obviously, with every probably every artist or as many artists as you would imagine. And that's how your song through the channels, the proper channels, would get pitched to Jason Aldean, like we were talking about, or whomever, right? Gotcha. So um, So did, does Sony have like uh like a bank of songs? Like so they go in there oh and my they gosh. so they just collect them? Oh my gosh. And so they have a whole bunch of songs like in the vault that they don't even use. Ooh, dude, so they talk all the time, like I was in a meeting with the publisher. And they were talking about how they'll go into crates from like decades ago of old writers who've turned in songs that didn't hit at the time. They'll pull them out and be like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And they'll pitch those even now. So they've got when you're a writer, you're literally what you write. It's just like being like under Apple and you're a, a engineer, whatever you create is their property, basically. Right? right. So they own it. It's the same kind of concept. You write so what- a song, you turn it in. It's their song. Um, you still have your credits and stuff, but they own the song. So whenever you sell a song to Sony and it goes into their collection box, essentially, do you get any sort of, you know, monetization by yeah. that? Well, not by turning it in. You're paid 
as a writer. So you're paid a salary. Um, they pay you so that you don't have to have a job. Oh, anymore. so you're like an employee under Sony. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. So and it's then, not like like free agents or like not necessarily free agents. Man, is like a poor, but like a independent songwriter. And that Sony's like, oh, I really like that song. We want to buy that song, and then they keep it in their vault. Exactly. Or is that an option? Too? That is an option. Single song deals gotcha. are a thing too. Yeah, we were so close to having one forever ago with this song that finally actually just got picked up by an artist. But that's like such a real thing where it's like. Okay, you're good, but maybe they don't really love all the stuff you're doing, or you just have a, a true smash. You're like, dude, this is an undeniable smash. They'll do a single song deal, whomever. And yeah, that's just a one off kind of thing. So that's crazy. So let's say, so, so if you work for Sony and you're, you just get paid whatever salary to mm-hmm. make songs. And I imagine there's probably some sort of worked in deal in the contract that you do have to produce. X amount of 100%. music because it's not like you can you just sit there on the couch in. and be like, I'm making one song a year. It's gonna be, a <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. I guarantee you, if you did that though, they would leave you alone because it's so hard to write a number one or a radio <laughs> smash. So if you were able, like, I promise one year you will, per year, they'd be like, okay, they would probably leave you alone, honestly. Because not every writer's, I mean, there's only so many number ones and there's plenty of writers, right? So that would be amazing. But that's exactly it. It's like, um, I forget the last person I talked to, but there's a certain amount per month like that they expect you to turn in and i always thought i was like man like that seems kind of crazy but they always tell me like these writers like the true like pro sign writers they write they're in rights once a day if not twice a day so like and they write up two songs a day is what you're saying yeah like if not more they have like three hour um three daily blocks potentially but it's like i don't even know how you remember any two to six well you write it and you do a little work tape record it on your phone like and then turn that in or work up a little demo, turn that in. And so, that counts? And that counts. Like a little, like a demo? Yeah, that's your thing. And it's per, if you're signed and they say you owe us 12 songs a month, for instance, um, that means if I write a song with one other person, then that's a half song. Right. Okay. So your one song by yourself would be one. But if I write with four people, that's a quarter of a song that you turned in. That because thinking it from their perspective, it's like, well, we have to split that four ways. So you haven't really given us one whole thing. That's kind of their mentality. That is so crazy. That um, I imagined that this sort of model of creation existed in the music industry, but I didn't realize it was that prevalent. Mm. How many artists do you think write their own music knowing now that you've like really immersed yourself into this industry? Like how how legitimate do you think that these performers are? Well, I mean, they're obviously legitimate because they can play an instrument, they can sure, sing, they, sure. yes, they can perform, but yes. in a sense of creativity, because I know you've been around people who can perform, but can't create for shit. Right, right. And you know people who can create amazingly, mm-hmm. but cannot perform. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. where do you think that percentage lies that you have these performers that can perform, but are not Man, creative at that's all? That's such a great question. Um, I don't know what the percentage exactly would be. I would just say for like, Anybody who's listening, when you watch the Grammys or anything, if you look whenever they win, it shows you underneath all these names. Like when they say they're like, Beyonce won this. And it shows you a bunch of names as they're walking up. It shows the song name and all these names. And I'd always look at that and never really get it. And like literally, like I remember Rihanna went up and it was like 11 names under the song. And I was like, Jesus, what? And that means there's people. 11 people who have written on that one song. Like literally, and it's it crazy. Like- so it could be like one person just hitting a triangle one time in the back well, and he gets credit. That's production, so that's a separate <laughs> side. But lyrically, ideally, so maybe even music, but, but even musically, technically, you could be a writer on the song. But it's it's really weird. Um, it just depends on the way the song's made. But yeah, technically, if you if you played something, um, it just depends on like who's producing it and who 
is in charge. Cause like I've written songs with friends and it's like, if I just played a little guitar riff on the thing, like a little solo, I would never ask for a writing credit because anyone can just play. So that's kind of a work for hire thing. Like uh, it could just come up with an improv. But if I made the riff, that was the song, like the whole riff was like, and like, that was the idea. Yeah. Like that was the, then I've written, I would be like, like no, that I've, was the verse riff. Yeah, yeah. Then that's a different thing. Right. So it's that part of, it's a whole nother. I feel like you're going Chris Stapleton right there. Yeah. Like, like the way you said that. <laughs> no, but Hey, no, but it's a, it's a whole freaking thing, dude. It's, it is wild how in depth and, uh, but no, I mean, if you, if anyone has uh, like Spotify or Apple music, if you go on Spotify and you're listening to a song, there's a little three dots or whatever that is on the song. Click it and it'll say song credits. Yeah. Click song credits shows you who the writers are, the producer and all that. So you, you can learn for yourself these things. But yeah, I don't, I don't know the percentage. I, I'm curious. And the bigger the artist is, they're going to put their name on it anyways. So like Beyonce probably doesn't write everything she gets, but she's so big that she can be like, I want writing credit on everything. And who would say no? I, I would give her as long as I'm getting paid. I, I, you I know, care. I would give her more credit than me on a song. I don't care. Like yeah. you take 80% of your Beyonce, your little, my 20% on your song is going to be way more than zero of not Beyonce. Right. So it's like that. I don't know if that's the case for her. I'm sure she's a talented writer as well. She's freaking insane. But yeah, I think, uh, it just depends on the artist and all that. too. That's so. crazy, dude. That's absolutely crazy. It is wild. I would have never, I guess I don't give it much thought how that industry works right mm. and that's why i guess it, it, it's good to, to hear that from you because i would never thought but that makes me skeptical you know what i mean like of when the you, artist you yeah now i'm like man like i don't know but that's that's the beautiful thing like i think and I've, after learning more about like being an artist like you have to be kind of crazy to be an artist because of how much goes into it like you really have to put your like starting from the ground i mean if a label kind of found you off of like a tiktok and like helped you build up you're at such a good place because they're going to help make the machine. The machine's going to help build you up. But if you were just like me or you and you're like, I want to be an artist, like you have to be crazy because of how much work you truly have to do to put yourself out there, show your face on social media and try all yes. these crazy things to just look like stay relevant. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah like, and, and make it look like you're putting in like the work, even if you're not, right. you know what I mean? And, and, and then you think about like, as weird as it is, you do kind of have to have a look. So you have to like start worrying about how you look and what you're, you know, like it becomes crazy as a performer, you're as saying. a performer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you actually have to care about like what you look like out in the world. And <laughs> like me personally, I could never care about them. Like, I mean, I care, but I don't care enough to be like, oh, I need to make sure I've got an earring on my left ear. And I got that. You know, I think, like, but the, I think the, the, I don't care is, is a look at self. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, 100, you're, you're so right about like that. Generic that like generic person, yes, yes. everyday dude. Yes. That or there's gal. A, there's a vibe if you can just do your own thing and it just has an essence to it without a doubt. Yeah, like Keanu Reeves. Cool. I know we're talking about music, but yeah. like he's got his own thing going. Like he's yes. not like a, he's not walking around in three-piece suit. Like he looks like an ordinary dude yes. on a subway with ordinary people. Yes. And that's sorbet. Yeah. Just being a regular dude. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> and that's his 100%. And he's a musician too, for that matter. But that's his energy for sure is like, Yeah. He just does his own thing. He's my guy. For, Keanu Reeves? Oh, my God. Yeah. So he seems like a cool dude. Matrix is one of my all-timers. Oh, we need to do another cast on that one. <laughs> oh, my God. I could go super deep with com- <laughs> complaining about the third or the fourth, I should say, film. I, and then, you know. You know, I got. Didn't finish it? <laughs> I drank a lot of bourbon yeah. prior to yeah. it. So, at some point, I was I said to myself, let's come back when I'm not drunk. Yeah. Because yeah. I, <laughs> I probably had like four cocktails. And I was watching. I was like, I'm kind of wanting to go to bed. Yeah. No, I hear you. And I don't know that you'll love it sober, honestly. Like, it, maybe you will. I just, for me, there's like, and I need to watch it again. I've watched it like one and a half times. I watched it and I was like, huh. 
And then I put it on. Morpheus like, just again. doesn't hit. Like in that yeah. scene, I'm like, brother. Which I don't get why that didn't happen. I, I know there's a story behind it. I need to look that up. I remember kind of reading why he he didn't come on for it. But and I love that actor and other. I thought stuff. it was. I thought it was going to be the um, who. Uh, golly, Childish Gambino. What's his name? Daniel Glover. I thought it was going to be Daniel Glover that played Morpheus. Or Donald Glover. I'm Donald, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't I don't know, like I don't Not know that Gambino. You, <laughs> That's like hilarious. You. Daniel. Danny Glover? No. Uh, Donald <laughs> Glover. Too for this shit, Riz. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I used to think that was his son for the longest time. Which I was like, I <laughs> it's a strong, talented family. Yeah, exactly. I thought, yes, I thought Glover was going to be Morpheus. I don't know why. I, I would have. I could have dig that. No, Glover. I love I, him, dude. I, I feel like that, everything yeah. he does is pretty good. Hell yeah. Have you seen uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith yet? His show? No. It's good. There's too much. Too I much TV. Like, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I, I, I legitimately feel I'm going to be on my deathbed. And I'm going to look around and I'm going to regret not being able to intake the media I wanted to intake. There's too much media. Yeah. TV shows, <laughs> so movies, yeah. music. It's like there's, so there's too true. much. It's Podcast so is a whole other one, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like there's too many. Like I have mm-hmm. like four podcasts that I listen to. Mm-hmm. Each Joe Rogan's one of them. Mm-hmm. And each one of his episodes, three hours long. Yes. It's, it's possible. Exactly. It's impossible. There's no way for the amount that's coming out. There's not enough time in the day, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's so true. And podcasting is such a good point because I'll listen to sports stuff. I'll listen to whatever little topic I love, TV, rewatch podcast, whatever it might be. And I'm like, I'll fall off and I just literally will let the show go because I can't keep up with it. And then I get behind and I'm right. like, all right, well, now there's a new Now I've got to listen to 16 hours worth of episodes <laughs> just know? to catch up. <laughs> it's too daunting. And then, like, I used to like – um what is it called? Um, true crime podcasts. So like making a murder, not making murder. Um, my favorite murder was so good. I was so deep into that show for a while. And then I just couldn't keep up and it was just so much. And I was like, all right, well, and I don't even do true crime anymore, but I used to be hardcore into that, but if there's just too much content, it's literally yeah. like slow down world. We're, we're moving too fast here. Yeah. Too much, too much media to consume for sure. As we add to the, uh, pot of media yeah. right with more. Listen, mine's more important. I bet I, 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 mine's better. I promise I'm the best. Right. Listen to this freaking. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. The, uh, to to go back about with, the uh, the industry of music. So what kind of artists have you already worked with, with songwriting? Um, so I've worked with up and coming artists, um, so far, um, as I like knock on wood, I have a few things out with some larger names. We're not going to say it cause it's a, it's like bad juju. I don't want to jinx anything, but the few things out with like a few bigger names potentially. Um, but some up and coming artists who are incredible. Um, we have some stuff with a guy named Eli Gurley, who's really great. Um, I think we just, he just released something we did called chasing the wind. Um, is this country? This is country stuff. Yeah. And then, um, there's a really great artist called Michael Warren, who's exploding right now. If y'all haven't checked him out, check him out. Uh, we got some stuff with him, um, hopefully coming down the pipeline soon. And, um, Phil, who, you know, Phil Morgan, I, I write with him the most. Um, he's been completely just shutting it down, um, killing it in Nashville. He introduced me to an artist named Whitney Wren, who's, she's like a TikTok influencer who's like millions of followers really big and she wanted to do music um they cross paths through a a mutual uh producer and um i have a song coming out with her i want to say in a couple months and um they she just released a song yesterday as a a performer or a writer she's a performer i i'm I'm an artist i'm a writer on gotcha okay yeah so um, right on those are the ones that come to mind some other stuff that i'm probably not thinking of um but yeah those are the like up up and coming or just came out stuff and this is all country right this all is country. the majority of what you're doing yeah yeah and i mean like so for instance in a perfect world if i get to a publisher um i hope that they have ties to pop and like different stuff because i write everything like i love country music and i love true 
crafting a song um, in country, but I also love writing pop and dance and like indie stuff. And like, it's the same like stuff we grew up on, like in a perfect world. I wish like there was more space for, you know, more money to be made in like rock. You know, I think I there mean? is, there I is, think you just have to define just, it. I agree, but I think there's less uh, avenues, right? Like there's not uh, as much radio play for the type of rock. I should say the type of uh, stuff that would be in that. Like, if you think about like heavier stuff, like, for instance, I know, I don't know if you still jam gent, but I know you've loved gent, but oh, like, always. if you wanted to make a career, metalhead for life, dude. Right, right. If you want to make a career in that, you have to be like one of one, basically, one of like five people who would be a songwriter who would be so good that you would be able to work with so enough bands to make enough money as a songwriter. Do you because, think that these metal bands don't might make their own music? Oh, I know they do, but I'm saying if that were a avenue because you think about how much money they're probably making unless you're talking about writing for like Metallica or Slipknot or something at a really like super, t- super, big. super big. Right. And there's just not that kind of uh, audience in those genres. I would say that generate enough money to then in turn have people underneath writing songs and making a lot of money. Too. At least to be in that part of the industry where you have songwriters for them. Precisely. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I was mean, like, it's definitely, I mean, I don't know. I feel like metal is huge. Oh so. dude, it's huge. It's so big. I just don't think it's a mainstream thing. Exactly. And that's where it's like, if you were going to be a writer, cause I can tell anyone listening, it's a, it's an arduous, like, oh my God, if you're trying to make money in that thing, because think about what streaming is now, you're making point zero 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 one Because of streaming? Because, well, mainly, yeah. If we were still in a CDH, I'd be like, everyone's making mm-hmm. money. But you're making a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a cent per stream. So as a songwriter, you're, it takes literally a, a huge number one song or a huge song uh, to make any kind of money. Like to make When you say that little. decimal, I'm thinking like, million plays for maybe like a thousand dollars it's something like that that's, it's like a million plays i think get you like four grand or something it's something or like, crazy. Or like eight grand or something it's something because like that a million I, plays really is don't hold me to that but it's not no it's not and you think about but you look at like a a drake or something with like a billion you're like oh okay or like hundreds of millions of plays and it's like okay well now you could having one of those that's like could pay you for a year's salary of like a good job you know so it's like and that's just one song so if you're really good you're killing it you know if yeah. you're if you're writing smashes you're doing just fine so it, it just depends on that dude but, i see that in y'all's future for sure i dude i appreciate you i love you for saying that and i pray that's the case i mean that's you know we hope to be able to to i don't want to i i own my business but i'd love to fully step away and have someone take it on underneath and do this full time um which is kind of the whole process and struggle of it all right with even moving to nashville it's like having to make sure i still balance time and have you know enough work or work enough to keep the company where it needs to be and have someone come in possibly underneath. It's a whole thing, but it's awesome. We'll see. What other projects have you worked with? Uh, musically or yeah, like, has that always been country? Has there been other things you've been doing? Um, like so before, music yeah, or? no, before, um, never dude. I like the dream is to get into, into any kind of trailer stuff. I, <laughs> I have a note on my phone for anyone who is like a, a songwriter. They know about the notes on the phone. I have this note of songs that I want to do for trailer. So you know how when a trailer comes on and this will take us honestly, in a, this will take us into dark tower talk, but you know how when a trailer comes on, it's like a new, it's like an old song redone in a new way. It'll be like, uh, for instance, I have this idea for I'm on fire by Bruce Springsteen. Like, Oh, I'm on fire. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Do you do, you know that song? Yeah. So 
have this idea and, and it's this dark version of it, but it's used as like a trailer film. And if you think about it, it's like comes up with a really creepy guitar riff and it's like, Hey little girl, is it that? So it's made to be like a, yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a piano. Dun, exactly. And it's like, yes. And, and if you remember uh Jordan Peele's movie had, I got five on it on get out. Or not Peele get out, on, is uh, a mother freaking genius, genius, dude. He is a movie genius. making genius. Genius. Um, what was the movie in between get out and nope? Um, us. Us. So on us, when that came out, the trailer was, I got five on it, but it was a dark scary. Oh. Oh, that was such a good. It yeah. was that thing, right? So it's like that's a whole thing, and I have a list on my on my phone of like songs to redo in those ways. And I, the one that I want to do for anyone who knows Dark Tower, they have uh, they have someone save my life tonight by Elton John as like a key piece of that book. Uh, the last few books is like a key piece, and it keeps getting brought up, and it keeps getting brought up. So when they do the trailer, I'm like, God, I want to be ahead enough of the curve to send that in and be like, here's a version of that which you need to use on your trailer because that's the key song. Yeah. So it's like those moments, doom, someone saved my life. You know, just have this like <laughs> epic thing. And I can see like, I literally, I could visually talk to like that room in LA, how they talk about like, pitch your song or pitch your idea. I could literally pitch this whole thing in my mind like, Here's how you need to do it. You need to look like this and then smash cut to this. And then like I have a whole thing with that. So like I don't do trailers to answer your question in a long way, but I want to do that. Um, other yeah. projects. I've done some R&B stuff uh, before this with a few artists. Um, one of the artists released some stuff and then she put it. She took it and ended up taking it down. But um, yeah, just a little bit of pop and R&B stuff. Um, and of course, I've I've played. There's a really great producer in town. His name's Eddie Ferguson. Um, I've played guitar on like a lot of his artist stuff and um, helped with a little bit of like not even producing, but I've written some riffs that have like led the songs, if you will, um, with some of the artists he's worked with, but he's next role. He has an artist named Shreya who's um, I've got some stuff like guitarists and stuff on a lot of her stuff. And she's insane. She's uh, starting to blow up, which is really cool. But yeah, right on dude. Yeah. So that's been it so far. Long journey as it were. Good deal. 